Hello and welcome to the Manic Film Club, the film review show where we say things like, well, so far we've watched dystopian sci-fi thrillers, high action heist movies, we've even watched a historic biopic, but now we're watching one of the most emotional films on this list, and this one's about a pig. Not just a pig, a super pig. <laughs> Lacking his cape and that voice from beyond is Tobias, and I'm Liam, and we're going to chat about a film. Yeah, we are. We do that quite a lot, to be fair. That, that's the premise. <laughs> that's that's the thing that we do. That's why we're here. We would be disappointed if we just were like, yeah, we watched the film, but let's talk about something else. <laughs> or thrilled. It depends on the film. Especially if the listeners have li- watched along with certain films, they're going to be going, right, we've watched this film now. Are we going to listen to them talk about it? <laughs> I'm hoping if they've watched the film and not like the film, they're going to go, well, maybe they'll rip it apart. Because we do if we don't like it. <laughs> I, I actually really prefer it when I don't like a film. Well, the thing is, when you like the... it, you, yeah. you kind of worry you're going to just gush over it. Yeah. And yeah. But when you don't like it, you can kind of really look into it better. It's more fun. It's it more is more fun. fun. Yeah. You're like, oh, this could be, people might get upset. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we watched a film. Yeah, we did. Would you like what? to know what it was? Oh, I'd love to. Okay, I'm going to start a bit differently with this one. A gentle giant and the girl who raised her are caught in the crossfire between animal activism, corporate greed and scientific ethics. With a cast of Tilda Swinton, Jake Gyllenhaal and Seo Hyun, directed by Bong Joon-ho, or Ho even, uh, the film is called Okja, or Okja, or... Let's never yeah. said that. It's no. never described that one. But every character in this film says it differently. Oh, yeah. And then sometimes the same character will pronounce it differently, depending on what kind of emotion they're, they're showing. Yes. But that <laughs> is the name of the super pig that we've already mentioned. The super pig. And, you know, they don't have a cape, so it is disappointing from the title. <laughs> I don't know. For a start, I would say it doesn't look like a pig. No, well, I did. I don't know which one, which source I saw it from. Did you probably saw the same one saying that they based the face on a manatee? And I can see that now. I know. Yeah, no, I, I get that. Yeah, I get now, that. Now I've, I've read that I can kind of see the shape. Yeah, because like the kind of snout area, it, there's just a lot more to it. <laughs> oh, to be honest, they've kind of gone more. I think they made it more dog like. Yeah, well, because like the way the relationship Oxus got with the lead character, is it Mija? Uh, I think it's Mija. Um, uh, yes, yeah, yeah. Um, he is he is very much, oh, she actually isn't it? She is very much pet like, and does act very dog like a lot of the time. She fetches, and that yeah. relationship is very very dog like. So it makes exactly. sense. I do think whilst they may have based the look on the manatee, the personality is yeah. a dog. I would say. Yeah, I think that that works well for what they've done because the size of Oksha they've. It's quite interesting to see this huge Goliath creature being overtly friendly and like rolling on its back and which is all done quite well. Yeah. Um, but I mean, Liam, would you like to give our listeners who maybe haven't watched the film, yes, uh, a little rundown of why there's a super pig? Yeah. Um, basically, a big uh, company which I believe is called the Mirando Corporation, run by Tilda Swinton's Lucy Mirando. Yeah. Has decided to basically did did they say they found these species or they 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 crossed? Okay, them? I'm not sure. That was a bit I my believe, mind a bit confused. I, I might have to check. I believe they say they found them, and then it might have 
turned out someone else later for ethics yes. and stuff. Yes. Okay, but the point is, when you're led into it, they they're t- you're told that a handful of these super pigs have been discovered and spread out across the world's like most renowned farmers to raise them in a competition they call basically calling the world's like best super pig or something like that. Yeah, it's something similar to that. Yeah, the twenty six of them, and the idea is they've got ten years to raise them in ways that their unique customs would be different. See what works, what doesn't. And at the end of the ten years, one of them is going to be judged on like national television and revealed to the to the public as like the new superfood as it is. So that's also one of the things that the public haven't actually seen a no. super pig. They've just had one announced to them. Yeah, and then and then when there's a like this press conference which uh, Tilda Swinton's character gives, um, and one of the very girls, showy, yeah, very showy, um, with like teleprompters, and yeah. you've got um, I can't think of his name is, what's his name? Uh, hang on, I'm just gonna check. Uh, Giancarlo Esposito. Yeah, he's uh, in the background and he knows the words. He's mouthing along to the speech that Tilda's kind of. It's a proper hearing. marketing thing, you can tell. Yeah, it is. Uh, but one of the journalists there kind of goes, "And when do we get to see the super pig?" It's like in ten years, and she's like, "I'll be dead by then." <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> she is she's she's elderly. Yeah, um, but the whole point is, they've got ten years. These farmers have got ten years to raise them in their own cultural ways, just to see how it works out for each one individually and one will basically win the honor of being like the best super pig and that's kind of where we focus in on we focus in on um Mija and I, who i believe is like her uncle her granddad or her uncle grandfather sorry, is it grandfather uh, that's something i didn't uh, say yeah grandfather it's you know living on their little little hilltop farm area you say little i mean the actual little house is quite little but the whole area is huge uh, yeah and i actually thought very very nice visuals mm. Very nice. Video. I mean, that, Especially... that can be said for the whole film. Like Okja herself doesn't look super fake most of the time. Um, the skin's quite elephant-like with the, the texture. I didn't think there was any point where I was like, well, "You are really badly CGI'd." No, I I would say one praise I will give. Not one. There was more. <laughs> uh, but a a praise I will give uh, the film is that visually. I yeah. think it's got a lot going for it. The cons- yeah. considering, I'm not sure if you, yeah, Okja is a, the, a main character. Uh, no, doesn't talk. I would like to point out. No, I and I will say, I thought it was going to. I did as well because of the, the amount. Also, the amount of anime I've watched. If you've got a large, um, large animal creature, chances are it's going to be chatting. Yeah. But, <laughs> no, this was very much like a pet. Yeah. Um, and I do think because we have the visuals of like the the forest area. Which is all very green, but then we have the cities, which are very grey, yeah. uh, and it, it does all work quite nice. Tonal shift, haven't they? Yes, and there's and some inside we're... scenes which are quite white. Yeah, you know, so it all balances. The key element is obviously the, where it kind of all goes up in the air. The main plot is um, Mija and her. You say grandfather? Yes, they are one of the the, the farmers who are looking after it. Um, she's grown up with Okja for, for years. She's grown emotionally attached to it. Um, she, her grandfather's been telling her that they've been paying off and are now pursuing her own Okja so she's got reattached and it turns out actually no he hasn't he just didn't have the heart to tell her that that the company wouldn't allow that because you know money yeah you know and basically Jake Gyllenhaal's character who's a zoologist who's now like the the brand face of the Miranda Corporation turns up to film his excerpt for their documentary they're doing 
Yes. And that's kind of when the grandfather goes, yeah, by the way, we're not keeping Okja. He, he, she's being taken away for this thing. But here's a gold pig I spent all our money on. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the plot is literally just they take Okja away and she she goes to get it back and then animal rights come into it. And we'll get more into that, though. Yeah, there's more to come. And obviously, we won't be going into every plot point. No, 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 no. Basically, that's, that's the setup. But there is a lot in this film. This film does go through a lot a lot of um like emotions and a lot of different things happen yes yeah um some quite bizarre some <laughs> quite genuinely quite graphic yeah it is quite uh, it's, it's almost shock value at some points i never checked and maybe i should have i won't now uh what the certificate was it's a 15 you see i went into it not expecting it to be a 15 no me neither no i will say i i watched I watched a Thor Ragnarok today, generally, with my daughter, yeah. um, before my partner finished work. And then I'd already said, I've got a film I need to watch this afternoon. Um, and I, I said to my partner, you're welcome to watch it with me if you want to. Um, but then once she got home, I was like, you know what? I'm going to go sit upstairs and I'll watch on my own for, for a bit. I'm glad I did. Mm. Just because, like, if I had watched it in the living room, I wouldn't have been watching it with the kids because they would have been doing their own thing. But it would have been there. And actually, even though I wouldn't say this is a horrible, gory, graphic, like, murder film, there are a lot of stuff in it which I think, for younger viewers, would be distressing. Um, yes. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there is a point, right? Now, we've... Or, or I've always said, I don't mind horrors. I can watch a lot of films. But don't give me a film where a, a pet or an animal yeah. gets hurt. I, I very or, quickly did think, I wonder how Tobias is going to take this. All right, uh, because it wasn't real. Do you know I what I mean? Fact is it, it's not like it was a normal pig. Like, no. if it was Babe... <laughs> yeah, but then I don't think they would have a scene where, essentially, you end up having little sausages made out of it. Now, that's yeah. kind of that a bit... bit distressing. It was actually the forced breeding scene that really got me. Yes, but actually, they can't. One led on to the other. Almost. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, like, yeah. Uh, so the, the breeding thing came because yeah. it, yeah. And I think the word forced is. It is very much so, and, and kind of we haven't touched on them yet. Of the animal rights act of activists yeah. are basically watching in on it to get evidence. Yeah, and it's seeing it's actually seeing their reactions to it, which makes it the more distressing. Because yes. you don't really see a lot of it. You see, like, the large, like, male super pig be brought in, and then you kind of see a little bit of, like, camera footage. But then it really focuses on the, the activists who are watching it. And that's the bit that kind of got me, because there was lots of mixed emotions, and there's re- revelations in there yes. as well amongst characters. And it's that's the distressing bit. So I'm glad I made the decision to go watch it on my own. Yeah. Definitely. Um. Yeah. Um. I kind of... I would say that was maybe a good point or a bad point because the character is so CGI and not real. Although it's good CGI. Yeah, you could switch off to it a little bit because you're going, well, this isn't a real thing. As I said, if it had been like an actual, like normal looking pig, a normal sized pig that they'd led in as a normal pig, you could have in your head gone, this is an animal. Yeah. But Okja doesn't look like, if you, I mean, if you haven't watched the film and you are just listening to the episode as part of the series, I do just at least Google a picture of Okja so you have reference because we we can't describe perfectly what she, what she looks like because she's very unique. Yes. Yeah. So I would definitely su- suggest Googling that picture and you'll see what we mean by you can switch off because it's not this realistic looking 
animal because it doesn't look enough like any particular species. Yes. Um, but um, I mean, you, you've already mentioned casting a little bit. We've mentioned Tilda Swinton, who is in it, who yeah. plays uh, Lucy Miranda. I will say it took me a while to realise it was her because she's got like some big old some fake teeth on. They've really kind of done her up a little bit. And also, there's a key point. I don't know how much of a spoiler this particularly is. She plays her own twin sister. She does. And I think the film wanted it to be a bigger twist than it was. You see, I never treated that as a twist. I thought the twist was going to be, with the kind of thing, the kind of film that it was, yeah. she was going to be a clone. Ah. But then they didn't go that far, and that's the problem with like us. We are used to watching films and expecting you do look twists. for twists. And, and the, it's only, like, all right. the only reason I'd class her being a twin as a somewhat twist is normally when you have a, a big twist in a film, you hint at it, kind of. Yeah, you give little things, and there were conversations between um, uh, Giancarlo's character, who was Frank. Uh, is it Dawson? I think Frank Dawson's character between him and Tilda Swinton's character, who throughout the film where he'd make little comments where she'd say oh because her sister's name was nancy and she said you know the public is scared of nancy because they remind she reminds them of my father and he'd say yeah but they're also scared of you yeah so just little things that when you look back you go it makes perfect sense for them to be twins but they've purposely not shown pictures of her but they had they had shown a picture of her earlier on in the film lucy gets a painting uh, that at the time, because it's from Nancy, she says this is a picture of the best CEO, um, what's it called, Mirando Corporation has ever had. Um, and at the time, it sounds like she's going, you've got this, you know, you can do this. This is a picture of you to show that you're the strongest one. But when you realise they're twins, it's actually her going, this is a picture of the strongest CEO you've you've ever had, and that was me, yeah. and you're just trying to follow me. Yeah. Um, um, I enjoyed... I. I don't follow Tilda Swinton, but I enjoy Tilda Swinton. I think she's yeah. very good. I mean, her performance uh, is very unique because the character is odd. Yeah, very odd. And both of the sisters are uh, different enough. Yeah, they, they are. They are Not just like visually, but heads. in the performance. Oh, yeah. Completely. Um, like, her main character, Lucy, is so... She's trying. She's kind of got that perfect marketing face, doesn't she? She yes. knows what the people want to see, and she's playing on it. But like Nancy is just like chain smoking, yeah. like duffel coat wearing kind of. She kind of, she knows business, but she doesn't care about the public eye. Yeah. Apparently, this is Tilda Swinton's second time at playing her own twin. Oh, is it? What so is it? Hail Caesar, I think. Hail Caesar, okay. which I do own. Can't remember I've that element. Seen it, but I've heard of it. Yeah. Um, and this so, is also. Yeah. So I'm sorry, this is also Tilda spent the second time working with Bong uh, Jun Ho. Yes. Yeah, from Snowpiercer. Have you seen Snowpiercer? I have seen Either Snowpiercer. Either the film or the series. Uh, I haven't seen the series, but I've, Chris Evans is the main guy in the, the film. Right, okay. Is it good? Uh, is the film good? Yeah. Yeah, I would recommend. I my would. sister's recommended the series because she, she hasn't seen the film. I haven't seen so it. So I didn't know which one to see, but um, I believe he wrote both. I, I couldn't tell you about this. I saw that I, on I, on his um, IMDb page, there was a lot of credits for Snowpiercer, which I assumed was the the series. But then there's one further down for just a single Snowpiercer, so I, yeah. I assumed it was both. Yeah. Um, so uh, that also is. Or... No, that was it. That was it. I was just going to say. Also, uh, the director has also done. Whilst I've not seen them, you may have heard of Parasite, which got a lot of attention, yeah. uh, and also The Host, which I think was probably a bit of a breakout. This side, yeah. 
I mean, um, he, uh, uh, Bong Joon-ho paired with uh, John Ronson t- to write the screenplay for this. Uh, John Ronson has also written something we might, you might have seen. Uh, Men Who Stare at Goats. I have seen. An odd it. film. Very, very and bizarre. Actually, kind of, I get it how he, I can see his writing in this. How uh, it's kind of a little bit odd at times. The characters, so what, they're just a little bit larger than life. Yeah, I was going to, we haven't actually mentioned him apart from his name yet. Jake Gyllenhaal plays uh, Johnny Wilcox, the zoologist. He's like a yeah. TV personality. Um, actually, for most of the film, he was the one I was watching. Well, I mm, I know yes. he takes a dark turn, but like when you first meet him, he's this like high pitched, squeaky, annoying voice guy, and then he kind of switches on his uh, screen persona voice. Um, yes, he's very large enough, and I, I found him quite interesting to watch. And as I mean, this is the second film we've watched in the in the uh, Manic Film Club with Jake Gyllenhaal in, isn't it? And uh, yes, it's... he played Mort in um, Velvet Buzzsaw, didn't he? The I mean, painting thing. <laughs> so it's such a contrast in, in character as well. Yes, but I I bet he was a fun character to play. What in this? In this, yeah. Yeah. Uh but there is a lot of your main characters, except maybe Major? Is that yeah. Major Major? Major? I, I think it's Major. Major. Um She's played, I think, for real. She she's quite a believable young little yeah, girl. She's quite, well, you kind of believe that she's this girl who's yeah. raised this this pig. She's essentially your main character, really. Yeah, you follow her. Yeah. Um, but all these, but she won't be at least to our audiences. She's not a big name in any way. No. Uh, whereas she's surrounded, almost every actor she comes in contact with is <laughs> yeah and, and they're all larger than life i fully agree we haven't mentioned him yet yeah um, but was it just me who instantly having not looked through the cast list before watching this i instantly recognized steven ewan's eyes through his balaclava uh yes i did as i well. was like i know those eyes i've i've watched those eyes have had the light snuffed out by a baseball bat <laughs> yes <laughs> i've seen that happen and yeah. i was like is it and then i literally got my phone out and went it is him i could have yeah. waited 10 minutes since in the reveal but i was like that's not who i am <laughs> Yeah. Um, um, you are right though. This it is considering I didn't know anything about this film. I didn't realize how I didn't realize it was a Western film at all. I thought it was a fully a, like Japanese produced film. I didn't realize it was at all set in New York. I literally I sat down to watch it and I sent you a subtitle mm-hmm. warning compared to what you did for the two popes of me. because yeah. I was like I wasn't expecting this. Um, luckily, as for, for me and I think for you as well, it isn't fully subtitled it's just a it's literally just me just character and her grandfather really yeah that's when the subtitles are there because they don't speak english although it is a key point because stephen young's character is a translator he yeah. works for the animal activists uh it should be putting out um hang on i will put i just need to read what they're called to properly point it out um the animal liberation front yeah they are a real group they really exist in real life. Probably not with these particular characters. <laughs> no, no, again... but they, they are genuinely a, um animal act- activist group who do try and liberate animals from captivity through as peaceful methods as they can. Yes. While toppling large corporations. Now, Stephen Yeun's character is one of them. 
Uh, he's not the leader. We'll talk no. about leader in a bit. Uh, but he he acts as being Korean. He uh, translates uh, for. I'm going to say a name. Media. Yeah. Media. 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 Um, and there is kind of there's a plot point that comes up with the translation. Yeah. Um, two. One very serious. One a joke. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, are we going to go into the plot point now? I think we can, because like we've already basically said about the twins, which is at the very end of the film kind of yeah. thing. Um, yeah, the kind the point is, um, the ALF, as they, they call themselves, is run by uh, the, their leader, uh, Jay, played by Paul Dano. Who uh, I'm obviously now watching, because I know he's the Riddler. True. Oh, I hadn't even thought about that, but that is, yeah, true. Yeah. And obviously he is very much, the, he believes in the core values of the group. And one of their main things is respect more than anything. Mm-hmm. So the whole point is they liberate uh, Oksha from her initial transport um, when Mija kind of arrives in, is it Saul? Mm-hmm. Um, and once he's got them both on board, he, he says to her, he tells them their plan, which basically involves sending Oksha back in to they, captivity to get evidence basically uh they tag her yeah they tag her so that they can so like when you reference the fact that they're watching footage yeah they they put that so that they can yeah you know they, they're um, aware of it but the whole point is the whole plan hinges on him asking basically consent to do that he says to Mija, we will only do this if you give permission and the the key is he doesn't speak her language and she doesn't speak English. So he's having to translate through uh, Steve Ewan's character, which is just called Kay. Yeah. And there are other members of the group there who all have varying opinions on, wait, we've been planning this for ages. If she says no, yes. are we just going to give up and go home? Because some of us have travelled the world to do this. So what happens? Well, they ask permission and Mija says, I want to take Oksha home to the mountains. And in the spur of the moment, having put months of time into this, Kay mistranslates and just simply tells them she says do it on purpose this is a key on point pur- this is on a conscious purpose. decision yes uh but it he is. doesn't the tell moment the group he does until it, later. You, you, the moment he does it it's like a oh come on um and the thing is like the moment that he says she says it's okay we can go ahead with it the the, the thankfulness on jay's face is yeah. he like he hugs so he's like thank you so much for this we will get her back we'll get her back for you unharmed you know and which makes it so much more harrowing later on when they are watching the footage yeah and stevie newer's character k is like i lied yeah i lied i i, I mistranslated she she wanted to take him home and jay's like okay fair enough i forgive you but i'm going to kick it out of you yeah to show you i'm and really your band uh oh, quite brutal quite brutal yeah, really brutal considering he's a peaceful activist again though the actual brutality isn't shown it's just off screen and then you see yeah. the result yeah. um the most brutal part of it that you see is literally the way he he gently pushes the laptop to the side and then almost joker face p- slams him into the table yeah <laughs> which uh, I, I was like oh my gosh i don't know if you realize but what their characters names are it's j and k and that's what i had going through the film it's in the Men in Black. No, and I hadn't. The thing is, Jay, he he wears a suit a lot of the time. Yeah. And it's just like, is he actually kind of? They they made them like this secret organization, Men in Black True. kind of stuff. I mean, he was very very smooth, wasn't he? Yes. Um. 
Now, I mean, he, he even pulled a love actually at one point and was doing the whole paper signs. <laughs> yes, yes, he did. I was like, what do you mean? Oh, yes, and I'm I not going to explain that anymore. Matt. No, I'm not. <laughs> uh, but one thing I do want to get in because we've said that uh, Kay, Stephen Yeun's character, uh, was a translator. They, they did something which is very intentional in the film. So, so if you see online, someone might even call it a mistake. It's not a mistake. It was an intentional mistake. Yeah, I mean, I saw that, it was, that the thing you're about to talk about yeah. was mentioned in the trivia and the, the like, the gaffes or whatever it's called. Yeah. Um, because it's not a gaff. That's, that's the thing. Um, there's a point where we've already said K mistranslates on purpose. Yeah. When they're all jumping off this train, he's the last kind of one to go. And he looks at the girl and tells her that she should learn English. It'll open doors. Yeah. And then jumps off the train. That's not what he says. That's not what that's the English subtitles saying you should learn English, it will open up doors. And actually, if you know Korean, you'll be the only ones who actually know what he says. He yeah. actually introduces himself. He says what his name is. But his name is Silly. As in not not the little word silly. Uh, but it's it's kind of like he says it's funny to a Korean. Because that's it's a silly name. You wouldn't be called that. It's a it's stupid name. Yeah. It doesn't translate into anything. But it's a it's almost a joke for the Korean audience audiences because the whole subtitle is saying you should learn English. And yeah. actually you're not getting it if you know English. It's, it is quite cool. Yeah. <laughs> um so I mean we we've looked at the cast, it's got it's got a big cast, I say. Um it's Anne C. Hyen. Again, we I've made it very clear on this podcast before. If there's a name that might be remotely difficult to pronounce, we're probably going to butcher it, and we are. We are sorry for that. Yeah, it's not an intentional gaff. We, it's just we are not good at pronouncing. Fair. Sometimes we say our own names wrong. Oh, I mean, <laughs> usually how many times we try and take the intro sometimes. Yeah, um, but I don't know. I, c- I can't remember where I've gathered all these random information from because I look at a couple of different places. So I'm not sure if it's the same place you did. But I thought it was interesting to know that Jean Carla's character was originally cast as Bill Nye. I thought um, that was quite interesting because I don't really see Bill Nye as an, a villain. Oh, I, yeah, I've seen him in Underworld. He is uh, the villain. True. Uh, true. Um, it, no, you don't often because you tend to see him now because of Love Actually. actually yeah, true. He tends to be the bumbling sort of funny kind of character. That's but true. He does have a dark side. He was Davy Jones as well. Yeah, but he's also massively squid in that. <laughs> yes, that's true. But I like Giancarlo. Oh, no, I do. And the moment he came on the screen, I was like, oh, it's Giancarlo. Mm. You're a bad guy. I'm not going to say what, because it actually ends up spoiling another film. But there is, uh, you will probably, because you've read the same trivia that I have. Um, yeah. There's a bit where he goes to a coffee machine. Yeah. And there's a little nod to the usual suspects. Yeah, I, I did see that it was in there. Which I now wonder, had it continued to be Bill Nye, was there ever going to be a coffee machine? Uh, is that something they it probably would have been? In? He just wouldn't have. He wouldn't have done what he did. Yeah, um, I do think that's clever because it shows that they're aware outside of their own film in a way, which I think is quite cool. Yeah. I um, also, um, I'm going to say, right, we've mentioned like we're going through the cast. Yeah, there's one person that we've actually not mentioned, and it's really weird because there's no reason to mention her. But Lily Collins is in the film as a character <laughs> called Red. Oh, yeah, of course. I hadn't even focused on her. Yeah. I had focused more on Moaning Myrtle from Harry Potter. <laughs> oh, well, I, you see, I'm not really... I was more kind of like... Lily Collins is like an A-list actor. She leads films. Yeah, yeah And she's just a character called Red. She has lines. She's in it. She's part of the activist group. Yeah. It's just... But 
it very she's got the most creative name you know because normally you use a code name so you don't if they can't track you down but she's got bright red hair yeah that's it terrible uh, but it's, just red. Like, Who is it? it's one of those where i kind of went i don't understand really why you're in this film no it is odd but um yeah you know you are right i hadn't thought about because i hadn't actually looked, noticed her name to be honest and or even recognized her yeah i, I mean you're really you're mentioning that. like shirley henderson's in it she's yeah, got more of a character that is true. She's like the assistant to, mm. to the head of the, the Miranda Corporation. The only reason I recognise her is because she's quite a unique, unique looking person. Yeah. She's got a very specific looking face, which you I can only see moaning Myrtle. And that is uh, Shirley Henderson. Yes. Um, so, yeah, but the thing is, I in most cases, I get why the actors were cast. Yeah. Um, I suppose it is an odd choice. Yes. Uh, but Lily Collins is the one who kind of goes... There is nothing to this character. <laughs> Actually, if, if Red wasn't in it, you wouldn't miss her. Oh, no. She is just another random member of the activist group. Yeah. It's just like, so why Lily Collins? <laughs> it's like... No, it'd be interesting to know if, like, in research, he's based any of them on, like, known members of the group. If there is any link, maybe that's... It's just like a... In a way, it's a real person, but it's not. Do you know what I mean? Um, oh, so I did I mean, think it was interesting. I'm oh, sorry, no, what were you going to say? I was just going to say, I do wonder, if you respect uh, a director, then you'll just take a role. Cause yeah. then, because he does recast people. Because he, he's worked yeah, with Tilda Swinton. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, yeah. it works for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, one thing I did think it was interesting was that when um, Bong Joon-ho was researching it and writing it, he visited some slaughterhouses to actually get a feel for what it would be like inside. Because actually the scenes later on in the end, kind of like closing of the film, when they do visit a, uh, like a, a facility, it is quite disturbing, like watching all the animals queue up and yeah. queue up makes it sound so orderly, like form a orderly line, yeah. choose a yeah. number. But it is, I mean, you've got like your classic, like, uh, like rail gun. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. like a case of cattle farm, basically, and it is quite dis disturbing. And it, so it, I think it, you can tell. As we both eat meat, yeah. Even I felt a little bit awkward watching Okja basically get stabbed yeah. to have samples take, and then we see the people eating bits of her. Yeah, the old lady who and I'm the... pretty sure is in in a horror movie. I think she might be in like. Um, Oh, I can't remember, but she's in a horror film. I recognise her okay. face. Um, she's like, this is the best thing I've ever eaten. Yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. like, oh, that's nice. And the thing is, through the, the last bit of the, the film, we see a lot of people just eating food going, this is really good. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. this is like well, really that's kind good. Of, that is going back to the, the reason behind it all. Yes. That is the reason that the Miranda Corporation have done what they've done. It's not a nice public eye thing just to get farmers to, to handle these these creatures. It is a genetically modified species, and they they know that the public won't get behind that. Yeah. So they are masking it behind this friendly, like hand reared, unique, brand new species thing. And yeah, you are right. They they've literally been risen for their flavouring and uh, through their raising. And yeah, the last like portion of the film, everyone there was literally a scene between Tilda Swinton and Giancarlo where they are basically have like three lines each where they go oh this is yummy oh this is delicious it is tasty yeah <laughs> it's like okay <laughs> yeah um but I mean outside of the casting like the actual like visuals of the film you said about we've said about graphics and it being quite um visually impressive it is the colors 
go from this nice jungle to the to the city which you are right the colors drop the moment you get yeah. to the city and like the room where uh jake gillenhall's character does the stabbing and the forced mating it's very dirty very clinical yeah. in a way yeah. which is weird because it is clinical but it is also filthy yeah. <laughs> and it, you do kind of instantly the moment you see that room you're like this isn't before you even know what's going to happen you're like this is not going to be a nice room to be fair it could be easily uh seen in saw oh yeah and it might as well be yeah to be honest yeah um uh, but... it really is just a contrast from the foresty things which i was quite oh, enjoying yeah. the foresty things <laughs> actually i was it was like because it was quite a nice opening actually because yeah know, where you're really introduced to opcha and media is uh opcha media fair enough um um is she she's out like picking fruit and um like collecting fish for food and you see okja basically getting involved and helping like she rolls down a hill and hits a tree and drops a fruit off of it yeah. and then she she like jumps into this laking knocks a load of fish out by the way that's one of the things oh yeah how she sends some of the fish back into the water though yeah i don't get that bit <laughs> comes out of a bomb <laughs> I think that was poo, wasn't it? No, that was fish. Was it not? Because she did the same thing two more times throughout the film. She did the fish. Was it not fish coming out? No, no literally. Fam. No, no, literally. She, Why um, was she pooing in the lake? Just then? she just got out of the lake and she just pooed. Because she did the same thing. Literally, the whole point she got out of it, and then me just said, "What now?" Taps on the bum and she does it. She and they do it again throughout the film a couple of times. One as they're escaping with Okja, and another time later on where she taps on the bum and she like projectiles the poo. But I do get how you'd think it was fish because they do go fish. into the water. I no. might need to rewatch that just because of fish. <laughs> I thought. I mean, if it does turn out to be fish, let me know. But I was pretty sure it was poo because she does that about three or four times throughout the film. Because I did actually think it was one of the bits I thought you might not like because I thought it might be a bit cheesy when they're in the van and the lawyers like running behind them. And she basically projectile poos on him through the from it. Right. I thought that was a bit much. <laughs> Hang on. Right. I typed in Okja. Right. And one, right, literally one of the search engine things is poop fish. <laughs> right. Right. Um, so I'm just going to watch. I'm not going to, I've not got the sound on. Okay. Well, that's fine because I've got, I'll just put it up on Netflix as well. I'm just on YouTube. I'm on a 23 second little thing. And I'm about to watch that scene again. Right. I so say I didn't notice it being fish. It just looked like poo to me. Because, and then I noticed she did it again in the film like five times. Oh, right. Okay. It seems that the poop, I think, is feeding the fish. Right. Okay, That's I'll why the fish are going haywire. So the fish were involved, right. but I thought the fish were coming out of her. Okay. I'm going to say we're kind of both right in a way. You're yeah, definitely fish. There were fish involved. Because a yeah. bit... I noticed, like, once Octa jumped into the water and all the fish splashed out, um, Mija took the big fish, and then any little one she kind of picked up and put back in, which I yeah. thought was quite interesting, because it shows that she's got respect for, like, the conservation of, of the fish and not just take them all. Yes. Um, and that was a nice thing, because it kind of cemented the characters between the two. And then it cuts back to the grand grandfather, like, time for you to come home on a loudspeaker, you know. Um, and then it cuts back to them asleep, but like Octa's on it on on her back, and me just sleeping on her stomach, which I thought was quite quite interesting. Okay. Um, it is. I mean, I found a lot of the moments quite charming in the earlier part of the film. The relationship between uh, Mija and Octa is impressive because a lot of the time, when an actor or actress has to interact with something that is clearly not there, or it might be animatronic or isn't real, it can sometimes be a bit jarring visually. 
I know yes, that, yeah. like, like with Jurassic Park and those films, like, the later on, it's more, it's smoother, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but the, I actually thought with this, it was pretty spot on. I didn't feel awkward when she was stroking or climbing. They yeah. must have had an animatronic for some of it. Yeah, because there's things where it kind of licks her. Uh, yeah. And things like, not this isn't necessarily interaction with her, but like when I'm just splashing around in the water. I'm always fascinated when you've got a CGI animal splashing. Yeah, it is impressive, isn't it? Yeah. Um, there are moments where you, you, you go, well, that's clearly CGI. Not because you can see, but like there's a scene just after the um, ALF first liberate auction and she's running through the tunnel and she's just been reunited with media and media kind of grabs onto the side of her and it's basically been pulled along and she's jumping around the cars and yeah. i'm like well that that's clearly cgi the way it's been done mm-hmm. but it doesn't take away i do think it's quite smooth the way it's all been designed yeah. um now i did i found a lot of the film quite charming and i didn't know anything about it when i went into yeah. it i didn't realize it was gonna be about, be about pigs but i i agree with you <laughs> on the sense of within moments of me sitting down and once they basically tell you what the plot is i was like oh this is this is going to be like don't eat me <laughs> yeah and that is basically it, it almost felt like they went they i feel like it should have ended with cut to black and veganism <laughs> yeah i mean because it was that kind of thing for they literally there was even a point in one of the activists wasn't eating because he thought that all manufacture of food was like exploitation yeah and it's like that. That's looking at the extreme view. That is an extreme where even his activist pals are going, "No, you got to eat." <laughs> well, yeah, a guy went, well, "Why don't you eat this tomato?" And he's like, "No, but there are germicides on it." <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I was I was impressed. It was it was charming, and I didn't know how how like connected I would feel to this huge creature that I know is not there. But yeah. actually, I did find myself caring what happened to it, um, even though it was. Like with the the forced mating scene, which we've mentioned a couple of times, we know it's not a real animal, but I did still feel bad for it. I was like, "This is horrible." Yes, because actually, in a sense of yeah, Okja and the super pig isn't real, but we are all fully aware that slaughterhouses are real, and we're all fully aware that there are like um, pharmaceutical testing. So we know that horrible things do go on in the world, and yes. it's kind of like a little glimpse into a a fantasized version of that. See, this is the thing, and this is something I was going to say because I remember because obviously. I've studied theatre studies and all this kind of stuff. And I remember at one point when I was looking at um, doing a sci-fi of something. Yeah. And one of my classmates was like, why, why do a sci-fi version of it? Why not just do like a real version of it? Yeah. And I went, because people will get the message without realizing they're getting the message because you're entertaining them. You're there seeing something because it's a sci-fi, not because it's got a message. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Whereas if you just went, this is the thing I'm pushing at you. This, you know, I want you to become a vegan. Then, like me and you, well, you kind of put your heckles up, don't you? And you go, yeah. well, I, don't, I don't want to be ranted at. No. But like this film, it's like in an almost in an entertainment way, but it's also going, look at what's happening. And it's you quite obvious. This. I mean, it is yeah. very obvious. Oh, oh, it is. It's almost in your face where it's like, don't eat this because it's you know you have to kill it, and it, especially like when you see the collective of all the thousands of super pigs that are around in like the the areas towards the end yeah um it is quite obvious now my i have a question for you i did you watch the post credit scene yes just checking because yeah. ever since marvel's changed me nowadays <laughs> i can't watch any film without having to, to to not necessarily sit through them but like with netflix i do sit and flick if there's any visuals i'm like right we're gonna watch that 
Yeah. Um, I I would say I've not seen. It depends if I'm a rush or not. But the film ended. I wasn't going anywhere, so I let it play out. Yeah, that makes sense. It uh, feels odd because it's almost like, is that just a nice cheeky little scene, or in the the writers, are they going? We could do more with this because the story seems pretty self-contained. I I reckon it was just uh, we could do this. We, we could. I mean, it was a of... nice scene. It was because it's quite funny. With like you got the old woman sitting on the bus, yeah, and they kind of hand her a balaclava. She's like, yeah, it's just what? <laughs> um, but no, I mean. Is there anything else in particular you want to go over with this? Uh, well, I think we should actually note, because obviously all that we're doing are Netflix films, Netflix yeah. originals. Uh, did you read about the controversy with this particular film? I don't think so. Right. It was taken, I'm going to say, to Cannes. Okay, yeah. Might not have been Cannes, but a big film. And yeah, it was. Uh, yeah it, it was aired at the 2017 yes. Cannes Film Festival. Uh, when the Netflix logo came up, it was booed. I, I did read this, yeah. Then they showed it in the wrong format, the first 10 minutes in the wrong format, which got yeah. booed. Yeah, then the they had to ratio. start start it again. And when the Netflix logo came up, it had more booing. <laughs> because in the film, um, what's the word? I can't think what to call it. Basically, there's a bit of a stigma attached to Netflix and they don't think it should have been entered. Hmm. That along with another film. Well, the uh, thing is, Cannes Film Festival is it's always kind of it's a bit like Sundance. It's like breakout sometimes. Yeah. Some of the like the almost like the underdog of film kind of come through it. And Netflix very much is the equivalent of robots are stealing our jobs for films. Do you know what I mean? They're starting yes. to manufacture it all. I have well, nothing against. I like a lot of these films we've seen. I have really enjoyed, but well, I do yeah, understand the, it. The point is. Um, We've actually kind of had this conversation. I'm not sure necessarily about on this particular podcast or on our main Manic podcast. Yeah. Uh, you're someone who doesn't necessarily always go to the cinema. You will just wait for it to come out. Yeah, because I've got the kids, sometimes it is harder to get to the cinema. I, the only ones I really make an outright effort for is the Marvel films because I want yeah. to see them. If they're the big ones, I want to see them on the screen, big screen. I generally want to see films at the cinema. That's, uh, that's how they're meant to be. Except... Netflix aren't <laughs> Netflix made no. for Netflix they're not meant for that so the fact that there are now Netflix films going to cinema yeah festivals. I suppose streaming services entering into a film festival I can see the controversy the yeah. thing that I liked about that fact is despite all of it they still got a four minute standing ovation at the end of the film they didn't know that bit I didn't which know I that. thought yeah just good once the film had finished there was just such respect for it and what it did. Because actually it does handle its topic quite well. It does. Um, but I have noticed on uh, Netflix, the rating for it, it's only got like two and a half stars. Does it really? I didn't notice that. Um, the rating on the IMDb is quite high. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the rating on Rotten Tomatoes is at 87%. Yeah. Um, but so I thought that was quite nice, to, despite it's uh, two boos and one applause, apparently. Yeah. Um, it's still got a four minute standing ovation at the Kansas Film Festival which I thought was quite nice to see that come through it because yeah. that shows that even they can see the respect of the film and the people who put the effort into it yeah yeah um, do you want to move on are we happy to move on and actually like, talk about rating it now yeah that's rated yeah uh, here at the Manic Film uh, Club we don't rate it like Rotten Tomatoes or like out of five 
like some of the other ones do. We simply say, is it a hit or is it a miss? A hit being, did we enjoy the film? Would we consider rewatching it? Would we tell other people about it? And just generally, what kind of experience did we have? And the miss is nice and simple. It's the direct opposite. So, Tobias, how did you find this film? I am going to call it a hit. Okie dokie. And you know what? I fully agree. This I this isn't even this isn't soft hit. This is an outright hit for me. Yep. So this gets the full manic approval. Yes, it does a full manic. And again, I mean, we've said it a couple of times when we haven't known anything about the films. I was genuinely pleasantly surprised. I'm glad I sat and watched it on my own. I had a nice cup of tea. I made myself an omelette, and I was just chilling, you yeah. know. And I, there was a moment where, very early on, basically just before the film crew turned up at her at Mija's house. In, yeah. in, in the mountains i was i was like i paused it and i was just i was just having a drink and i was like this is gonna get sad <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the films you go into going once you realize it's got to be about animal rights in a way yeah and like the, the life i was like this is fun and charming at the moment they just introduced uh, jake gillenhall's character and at that point he was just this zany tv personality yes without any of the darkness and i was like i like this this is gonna go horribly wrong <laughs> yeah. um, I, I pictured me coming out feeling really like down and blue, but i didn't i didn't but no this is definitely a, a full manic for us i was pleasantly surprised would you watch it again yourself um i, th- I think i would rewatch it. i don't know if i'd watch it on my own unless i was watching films of that kind of nature. see that's the thing i reckon i would probably talk about it with someone else and even say Give that a go. See what you think. The thing is, I could see myself maybe trying to sell it to Amanda one day saying, actually, I think that you would like some of this film. But I know some of the later bits I don't think she'd be interested in. I think yeah. it'd, it'd be a bit much for her. But um, I could see myself I could see myself rewatching it. If someone said, uh, we're having a film, I'm going to put this film on, I wouldn't be like, no, no, don't put that on. Yeah. And I can see myself maybe talking about it to someone. Yeah. But yeah, I think it, it warrants its rating. But the big question here's what us. Yes. What are we watching next? Next time on the Manic Film Club, we will be watching the Maywitch stories, new and selected. Grudges and rivalries abound as three adult siblings converge in New York to contend with their prickly artist father and his fading legacy. Cast including Adam Sandler, Ben Stiller and Dustin Hoffman. Yeah, and um, something we mentioned off podcast, um, it was actually ended at the same Cannes Film Festival as Oksha. Yes, and had the same controversy. Yeah, because it was a Netflix film. Yeah, um, which is just a nice little little tidbit for you to take away with you. Um, yeah, so yeah, the Meyerowitz stories is it? It is the Meyerowitz stories that will be out in two weeks from this episode. So if you want to watch along, pop onto Netflix and you know watch over there. Do um, it. Do it. Do it now. Yeah, um, do it now. Is there anything else you wish to say generally? Do you lovely people want to sign up to a patron? Ooh. It is predominantly for our main Manic podcast. But that's not to say that the Manic Film Club won't be won't come in and no. uh, you'll be able to... It's all part of the, the, the Manic legacy. Well, actually, on the, to mention about how this might come into it, yeah. the, obviously we're following a... a not a list, but we've we've got a selection of Netflix original films that we're working from. Yes. We haven't actually got that many left. We've got four. Exactly. And we, we will need to figure out something to do after that. We had mentioned in the first episode that because we started during lockdown that we we thought maybe we'd end up on YouTube as to kind of <laughs> carry on with. But obviously the world is very much still 
in pandemic mode so that's not yes. going to happen so we do we are going to need a plan b for f- carrying on after this yes so, so that's something to think about so if you do have any ideas you can always let us know and i think the best way to do that would be by joining the patreon and getting access to the manic discord server woohoo, woo-hoo indeed yeah. there is more information on that in the description on this episode but also if you want information about us generally as well as polls you can go over to our twitter account which is at the manic with two n's very important. important now when this episode goes live tobias will put a poll up just to see if you thought this film was a hit or a miss tobias what did the last film get no votes did it not get any votes <laughs> what, what was the last cared. one i can't it remember the film that i've already forgotten so it was oh, oh. it was dolomite is my name uh yes okay yeah, no nobody no, no, no votes fair enough well hopefully people vote for this one if you're listening go vote for this one yeah <laughs> Um, other than that, Tobias, I think it's time to say goodbye. All right, then. Bye. <laughs> stay safe, everybody. And most importantly, stay manic. <laughs>